three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 470. Welcome in. It is 8 in the morning here. Uh, it's actually my birthday. I turned 25 today, which is very... Uh, it's an insane, weird number that I, you know, feel so old. Um, and my body definitely feels like it's getting old. I was going to record this podcast last night. And I was like, I just, my, I just can't do all-nighters anymore. Like, my body's getting too old. I, I can't eat as much. I can't drink like I used to when I was a kid. Um, I'm, I'm not old, old, but I'm like, I'm like five years from 30, which feels very old. I don't know. I, it's one of those weird days where I wish my brother, my younger brother, could see me today. And wish I could talk to him a little bit, share what's been going on in life. Um, not a big birthday guy. It's, it's funny. Like, I know, I'm, I know I'm a YouTuber who makes content about my life and about sports, but... I don't actually like attention, believe it or not. <laughs> so it's like I don't really like all the Facebook attention and all the posts you get and people saying happy birthday. It's very heartwarming and kind. I just don't – I'm an introvert. I'm like, oh, please, I want to be left alone. Uh, but thank you to all the people who have wished me happy birthday. Uh, let's go backwards in time to Sunday. On Sunday, legendary quarterback Tom Brady announced that he is returning to the NFL. After about a month off, he decided eh, – you know what? That's enough of that. So he will play next year. And here is what Tom Brady wrote on social media. He said, these past two months, I have realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. I love my teammates and I love my supportive family. Without them, none of this is possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. We have un." Finished business LFG. Let's effing go. Uh, obviously, I'm very excited. It's funny in that statement. He, he says, uh, my supportive family. Like He's like, you better support that I'm coming back for my 23rd year. I know you guys thought I was going to be around all the time, hanging out with the family. Nah, I'm leaving. I'm sure, I'm sure that he talked about it, but it's just kind of funny. Like the, it's, it would, I like the thought that he didn't tell them he was planning to come out of retirement. He's like, my supportive family, like kind of pushing them into a corner. Uh, I'm sure that didn't actually happen that way. And then also, it's interesting, it says, we have unfinished business. What unfinished business, Tom Brady? Are you not happy you, you haven't won as many NFL MVPs as you want? Is that it? Like, what, what could it possibly be? You've won eight Super Bowls. You've done everything anyone could ever imagine. No one can fathom putting together a more successful career or accomplishing more in the NFL. So I don't know what unfinished business Tom Brady has other than trying to win another Super Bowl. In Tampa, I guess, uh, which is probably what it means. I'm very excited. This is my favorite player of all time. I get it if you hate Tom Brady. Maybe you are a Buffalo Bills fan or a Jets fan, and Tom Brady dominated you for years. I understand not liking him. Here's the person I don't understand, and the person I tend to not get along with. I had a coach one time in college who... He hated Tom Brady. He didn't respect Tom Brady. And I was like, how can you not respect what he does? Like, my coach is a former quarterback. I'm like, you have to look at Tom Brady. Whether you like him or not, you have to respect what he's accomplished and the work he's put in to get to where he is. And uh, I, I just so very much respect Tom Brady. I've looked up, up to him a lot of my life. Um, I admire his work ethic. It's clear how much stuff and, and how much preparation it is off the field. And uh, staying away from football will always be hard for Tom 
in my opinion. I believe he's slightly addicted to working and slightly addicted to that process. I'm sure it's a healthy addiction. It's better to be addicted to something like that than it is to be addicted to, like, alcohol or some kind of drugs or something. Um, But he loves, I think, chasing that goal and going after something and having something to obsess over. It's his life purpose. And when you retire... I have no doubt it gets boring real quick. A lot of people talk about how I'm going to golf every day. They're like, what are you going to do when you retire? And they're like, I'm doing nothing. And that sounds great for like two weeks. And then you realize, oh my gosh, I really have nothing planned. I can't golf anymore. I'm so bored of golfing. I want purpose and I don't have it. I've had friends whose grandparents have retired and talked to me about that exact struggle. And it was always weird to me, the idea of Tom Brady walking away when he can clearly still play at a very high level. I mean, can you imagine sitting at home watching other people do the thing you love, your favorite thing on the planet, which you are arguably one of the best ever to do it at? Knowing full well you are capable of playing quarterback as well, but you're at home watching other people do it instead. I mean, last year he threw for 5,316 yards, 43 touchdowns, and led the league in passing. He'll be 45 in August. He's like, I, I can't, uh, for me personally, listening to this and, and talking to you, Zach Schalmer, my opinion, it's weird for a guy to walk away when you're still able to do it. It makes sense when you walk away when your body's deteriorating or um, whatever, but I, I, don't, I, I don't imagine Tom Brady's going to walk away until he has a bad year or feels like he physically can't do it anymore. Tampa should win their division easily. Uh, Carolina is a mess. The Saints got a new coach. Atlanta is rebuilding, to put it nicely. Tampa is easily the best team with the best quarterback in that division, the NFC South. It is interesting. If you go back and read what he said on January 25th, when he basically retired, even though he didn't say the word retire, he said, you know, I'm not ready to make that Competitive commitment right now. Honestly, he was being very respectful to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. He gave them a heads up. Said, I think I might be done. And if he really had retired, he would have been giving Tampa time to come up with a new plan at quarterback. You know, he gave them a heads up time to come up with something. When you feel like you can't commit to something, it's better to say that and acknowledge it so at least the other side involved knows what they're getting into. I mean, that's kind of funny. As a guy who's called off an engagement, let me tell you, if you're not fully committed to something, you better tell the other side. <laughs> um, he was probably burned out, man. I know that I, I, I only cover football for a living. I don't even play football. Every February after the Super Bowl, I am dead. I'm like, I need, I need a week off away from the game. I have been so deep in the weeds in this football season that I just need to get away and like talk about cars or surfing or something like literally any video games anything movies anything i need to get away from football for about a week he got away from football for about a month and was like yeah i really miss it he's coming back i understand him not being sure if you wanted to keep going after losing in the playoffs and your kids are getting older and you got a lot to think about um what i am really curious about is is there any chance his attention will be divided as he comes back is it going to be I mean, I'm sure he's going to be a true professional. If I had to pick a side, I'd say he's probably going to come back and do very well and be all in. But will he be great or will it be a little bit like when Brett Favre came out of retirement that last time in Minnesota? 
They begged him to come back, and it wasn't great. I just It's really hard for me to imagine Tom Brady having a bad year, but at some point it feels like it's going to happen, right? Whether it's this year, a couple of years from now, I don't know. I feel like he's not going to stop until something bad happens, and I don't know when. I don't, what does that look like? Does, what does it look like for Tom Brady to have a truly like bad year? I'm not rooting for that, but if you hate Tom Brady, you might get that at some point, and that will be the signal that, yeah, Tom's going to walk away. Tom is done. I got one thing wrong, though. I thought he was done in Tampa. I thought for sure that if he played again, it was going to be with the 49ers, and I thought he'd go to the 49ers or something, and now he's staying in Tampa. I didn't expect that. I thought if he was going to – because, like, when he announced his, quote, retirement, he said goodbye to Tampa. He said, I'm done with Tampa. Never mentioned the Patriots, never said the word retirement. I thought he was just telling the world, hey, I'm, I'm done with the Buccaneers. I'm going to leverage my potential retirement to get out of here. That's what I thought was happening. And what's interesting is now the 49ers are going to transition to their young quarterback, Trey Lance. And Tom Brady missed his window to probably ever go to the 49ers, unless Trey Lance is bad or something. Um, Trey Lance will be the franchise quarterback for the 49ers. And the only time there was ever really going to be a window for Tom to jump off and join his childhood favorite team was now, when they haven't yet established their young quarterback. They've got a really good football team. That window has come and gone, and now Brady, if he ever does play anywhere other than Tampa, it's most likely not going to be the 49ers, the Chargers, um, the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City, right? Teams that have an established, incredible young quarterback. Now, I got asked this question a lot on Sunday when Tom Brady announced he was coming back. People were asking me, is he going to get along with Tampa Bay head coach Bruce Arians? And I'm like, yeah. Of course he is. Like, guys, Tom Brady got along with Bill Belichick for 20 years. Who's easier to get along with, Bruce Arians or Bill Belichick? I'm not worried at all. Um, if he can get along with Belichick for 20 years, he can definitely get along with Bruce Arians, no problem. And it's, it's interesting. I'm glad he's coming back to football. And I'm, I'm very interested to see how things go. I think he's going to be definitely a playoff team. Again, that division isn't very good. He found another team similar to the Patriots for years that are in a division with not much going on to the other three spots. And uh, we'll see. Can they win a Super Bowl? That's the question, really, because uh, that's the only reason Tom Brady is going to come back. It's not worth it to him, I think, at this point to play without trying to and believing you can win a Super Bowl. There is one other funny note uh, on Saturday. So we, Tom Brady announced he's coming out of retirement on Sunday. 24 hours before that on a Saturday, apparently some guy bought Tom Brady's final touchdown ball, like the ball that was thrown for Tom Brady's final touchdown in the NFL. He bought it for over half a million dollars, $5,000, little over half a million dollars. I know I butchered that. I'm sorry. It's, it's early in the morning. I'm doing my best. So 24 hours about after that guy bought that football, the final touchdown ball, Brady would announce he's returning to the NFL, and that ball lost nearly all of its value. I don't feel bad for that guy, though, at all. I, I, I've thought about this a lot. Um, if you have the money to spend 
the equivalent of buying a house, over $500,000 on a football, and you lose that money, well, you already spent it on a football. Like, I just don't have any – I don't feel bad for this guy. If, you're, if A, he's probably a really rich dude with a ton of money. B, if he really spent all of his life savings on this football, $500,000 and bought a football instead of a house, I hope he learned a really valuable lesson. Um, you could buy a nice house. Think of how many people you could help with $500,000, how many meals you could buy for people. And I, I'm not a big memorabilia guy. I never. It seems like just frivolous, stupid spending. Um, but that probably really rich dude, I don't, I don't know how many people I can think of in my life are going to drop – $500,000 on a football. Nobody, nobody, a bunch of normies out here. No one has that kind of money. <laughs> so I don't really feel bad for this guy. Uh, it's kind of funny, though. Uh, if anything, it, it's, a, it's a warning. Hey, um, that's a really stupid way to spend your money. <laughs> like, on a football? I love football. It's my favorite thing in the world. Do you think I'm spending $500,000 on a Tom Brady football? Get out of here. Never. Never in my life. So I, it's a funny wrinkle. I just can't get over it. Think of how many people you could help with $500,000. Are you kidding me? Oh, stupid guy. And uh, yeah, it's almost, you almost deserve that. You almost get what you, you have coming to you when you spend that much money on a football. Like you, you spend a ridiculous amount of money on a football and that's worth nothing the next day. Yeah. Sounds about right. Don't do that crap. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Go buy a football. It's like $60 on uh, Amazon. You buy like a Duke football for like 90 I think, something like that. Th- that's enough. Anyway, I'm rambling now. But uh, Tom Brady's back. Should be fun. I wanted to make sure I, I revisited that. I know I did it when I talked with Lawrence Owen, and I, I already covered this topic. But I want to make sure I did it again because I know not everybody listens to everything I say, and I want to make sure people hear my opinion on that. Um, Drink some water. It's very early in the morning. I think I told you guys that. I literally, I woke up, took a shower. Here we are. I haven't eaten. haven't done anything. My mouth feels very dry. But we're doing our best. Let me put some chapstick on. Um, man, my phone's blowing up today. I really don't like the birthday thing. I really don't like how many. I, although I will say, if there's anyone going to send me messages, I'd rather it be people that follow the show. Like, I, I prefer when people who listen to my podcast, send me a message, and they're like, hey, man, I love your show. Happy birthday. That's great. What I'm not here for is the dude from sixth grade PE class who's like, hey, you remember me from 10 years ago? And I'm like, no, I don't remember you. I don't care. We haven't talked. You don't even know what I do for a living. Like, I don't, I don't know. You know, I just don't like, ah, I'd rather, at least like people on Patreon or people that listen to the podcast and stuff send me messages. I'm like, ah, that's sweet. Like, yeah, we have a real connection. At least, uh, at least we, like, we, we know each other a little bit. We have some common ground. The people that come out of the woodwork on your birthday that are, like, from 10, 15 years ago are like, dude, I haven't seen you since third grade. Why are you posting on my page? I don't know. People are trying to be nice, I guess. I shouldn't. I feel like I'm a Grinch, maybe. It's, it's early again, maybe. Remember, I'm, I'm very cranky early in the morning. Um, I got to make sure I'm not cranky for this one. Quarterback Mitchell Trubisky is signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a two-year deal with a base salary of $14 million. That is $7 million a year. For Mitchell Trubisky, I actually absolutely love this move. It's a reasonable contract. I was worried uh, that Trubisky was going to take a ton of money and go to a bad football team and then do horribly. 
in my opinion, Mitchell Trubisky has not earned a big contract in the NFL. He has, I think, in the last year been shown to – he got picked number two overall, then went to a bad team, the Chicago Bears, with a bad coach, Matt Nagy. And we saw without Trubisky, Chicago was still bad. Matt Nagy was still bad. It didn't work. And with you know that new lens and perspective, you know, seeing what Chicago was without Trubisky – Showed that hey, regardless of what you saw with Trubisky, wasn't all his fault at minimum. So that that allows me to open my mind to go. Let's see what he can do. Like he's, I want to see Mitchell Trubisky with good coaching on a good football team and see what happens. I have an open mind. I want to give him a fair shot. Uh, it did not work in Chicago at all. But Pittsburgh is really the best spot he could have possibly gone to. It's a good team that can support him. He has a shot to win and do well there. And then maybe he can earn a massive contract if he does win and does do well in Pittsburgh. But I'm I'm really excited to see the guy get another shot. I look back at the way I covered Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago. Not my proudest moment. I was very harsh. And I thought he put some really bad stuff on film. I thought Trubisky played really bad in Chicago, if I'm being honest. But I, I, I just look back at the tone and the things I said. I was really, really hard on this guy. And I, I feel tremendously guilty about that. So I'm, I'm glad he wasn't handed a ton of money. I'm glad he has to prove himself instead. But I hope he does prove himself. I have a very open mind here. I am rooting for Mitchell Trubisky. And uh, it's a good deal all around because Trubisky gets a good opportunity to be a starting quarterback and maybe win some games. And Pittsburgh might have a bargain at the quarterback position where you pay your quarterback $7 million a year, you can really invest in the other positions around your football team that help your quarterback win. So it's a win-win. I am very, very interested and very excited to see Mitchell Trubisky play in Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, big news out of New York. The Giants have signed quarterback Tyrod Taylor to a two-year deal worth $17 million, $8.5 million fully guaranteed. I... Absolutely love this move. I'm surprised that it happened. Uh, the Giants might have a new starting quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. He's 32 years old. He can run a little bit. He could very well be a better quarterback than their current guy, Daniel Jones. And uh, Tyrod might be an upgrade. At minimum, he's going to be great competition for Daniel Jones. I've been saying for years Tyrod Taylor is... A lot better than people realize. He's not amazing. He's not a top 10 quarterback. I'm not saying that. But it's painful to watch a guy who I think clearly is one of the top 25, 30 quarterbacks in the NFL. Like he's, he's clearly worthy of being a starter somewhere. I mean, in 2017, he led the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs. He ended the playoff drought in Buffalo before Josh Allen ever did, right? Uh, he has lost his job over and over and over again to young quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Justin Herbert, Davis Mills. It's the same story over and over again. A rookie quarterback comes in and takes his job. Again, Tyrod's not a top 10 quarterback, but he might be an upgrade for the Giants. He's very safe. He is very makes good decisions. Doesn't have any physical gifts that wow you. Like you see Justin Herbert make a 50-yard throw off his back foot. You're like, yeah, Tyrod Taylor's never going to do that. But he can run your offense at a high level. He can execute stuff well. He's not going to fumble as much as Daniel Jones. Um, 
I can't wait to see what's going to happen here because he will either be the starting quarterback in New York or at minimum he's going to really challenge and uh, make Daniel Jones better. So he's either going to bring the best out of the young quarterback Daniel Jones or just straight up be the better quarterback in New York and he can be kind of a stopgap duct tape quarterback, meaning a, a problem that's solved good enough for now until he can get a better solution. Tyrod Taylor might be a duct tape quarterback in New York who's good enough for now until they can find a good long-term plan to succeed him. And uh, I, I really like what happened in New York. Okay, the Giants got a quarterback who might be their next starting quarterback for the next couple of years until they can get a really true guy worthy of being, you know, who's on the same level as a Justin Herbert, a Josh Allen, something like that. Um, and Tyrod Taylor is serviceable and fine until that guy comes along. And Daniel Jones has not played very well. Tyrod Taylor, I think, can do better. So I... Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see what happens. But I, I am very interested and kind of excited for the New York Giants. Okay, uh, Aaron Rodgers signed a three-year, $150 million contract extension to return to the Green Bay Packers. They moved some money around. So his cap number for 2022 has been lowered from a little over $46 million to 28. That's a massive deal. Really helps him with the salary cap. Uh, and now Aaron is under contract for 2022, 2023, and 2024. Here are a couple of things I have in response to that. Number one, you got to trade your, your backup quarterback, Jordan Love, a former you know, first-round pick. His trade value is, is high enough that getting rid of Jordan Love could give you a player who can help you win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers or a draft pick that can help you win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. You make that move. You got to make that trade. And it makes no sense to waste Jordan Love sitting on the bench. I just don't feel good about that. I would rather him be somewhere getting a shot to play than sitting, wasting away behind Aaron Rodgers. Number two, I want you to hear this. Listen, Packers fans. Marcus Whitman, I love you, my buddy, Packer fan. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers chose to stay. I like Aaron. Aaron has really won me over in recent times. Um, I think that... It's pretty clear the media. I've really changed my tune on this on this on Aaron Rodgers. Pretty clear the media has a lot of reporting where they hear like a rumor about Aaron Rodgers and they jump on it as truth, and they want to be first, so they put stuff out really early. And the reporting on Aaron Rodgers has not entirely been accurate for a long time. It's clear he loves his teammates. It's clear that, um, but more than we thought, he likes Green Bay. I am very curious if Aaron Rodgers will ever win another Super Bowl. They haven't been able to get it done in Green Bay with pretty good circumstances around him recently. So Aaron is going to dominate the NFC North, the Packers, the Vikings, the sorry, the Packers, I guess, are his own team, the Lions, <laughs> the Vikings, the Bears. Um, but I, I do not want to hear any excuses Ever again about how Aaron Rodgers is being held back by the Green Bay Packers. He could have left. This was the time. This was the opportunity for Aaron to demand a trade and get out of Green Bay. But instead, he's making a ton of money. And if he can't win another Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers, he's won one in his career. If he can't ever do it again, then I want you to just remember that he chose to stay. We're going to hear narratives if they lose in the playoffs again, blaming the offense, blaming the receivers, blaming the defense, blaming the special teams. 
let's be clear, Aaron, knowing full well what the Green Bay Packers are, their positives, their limitations, everything, Aaron Rodgers chose to stay with them. Took a lot of money, very well handsomely paid, very highly handsomely well paid, and he chose to be in Green Bay. So I never again want to hear the argument or the complaint that the Packers aren't supporting him enough or this or that. Well, even if it's true, he had an opportunity to leave and he didn't take it. So no more complaining. No more excuses. I want to see Aaron Rodgers win a Super Bowl. I'm rooting for him. I actually like him way more than I did a year ago this time. He's really grown on me. The more I listen to him, the more I see how people cover him in the media, the more I see how um, I think he clearly just he likes the people around him. I, I, but I want you to know, if he doesn't win another Super Bowl, I have no sympathy. He chose to say. He said, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to try to make it work here, and good luck to you, my man. But people who are not going to take action and make big changes can't complain, can't be upset with the situation they're in. A great example is uh, I, I grew up in the city of Portland, Oregon. As time went on, I grew to really not like Portland, Oregon. I wanted to get out of there. Instead of complaining about how I hate Portland constantly, I left. I moved away because I don't like it there. The worst thing you can do is complain about the place you're in and not make a change. So I never again want to hear anyone complaining for Aaron or hear Aaron indirectly complain about the Green Bay Packers because he chose to be there. Not that he ever has openly complained about the Packers, I guess. He complained once about the GM in an indirect, interesting way. But I want you to remember, Aaron Rodgers chose to stay. In Green Bay. Got a lot of money. Good for him. Very happy for him. And I'm rooting for him. I'd love to see him win another Super Bowl. But it's been years of drama. Years of people complaining. And I just don't have any more energy in the tank for any more Aaron Rodgers drama. I don't care anymore. I I feel like it's been the boys cried wolf too many times. And uh, it's not necessarily even Aaron's fault. It's a lot of bad reporting. But I I just emotionally don't have any more. I'd have nothing more to give to this Aaron Rodgers conversation. In fact, if anything, I'm really tired of talking about Aaron. And I'm tired that every time something big happens in the NFL, the draft, Russell Wilson getting traded, um, Tom Brady retiring, the Super Bowl, anything. Any kind of event has been happening in the NFL recently. Somehow Aaron Rodgers' name comes up and becomes a really big point of conversation. Again, that's not Aaron's fault. But I, I know personally I'm over that. Aaron's there. He's going to be there through 2024. Solved. Don't care anymore. Okay? Can we save the conversation for like two years till I get it. With a year left on his contract, then we can start going, huh, what's next for Aaron? Interesting. What's he going to do? Then we can have that conversation. But can we take a two-year break where we just relax and enjoy him being an incredible quarterback? I would really like that. So I want you to know now, for two years, I am tapped out. I have no more emotional energy to give to any kind of Aaron Rodgers conversation. Okay, uh, the LA Chargers made a really big move. Another big move, really. First, they traded for Khalil Mack. Now, they have signed stud star corner J.C. Jackson. He has led the NFL in interceptions since 2019. He spent the first four years of his career with the 
New England Patriots. He's 26 years old. Adding him in L.A. is a massive move for this Chargers football team. He signed a five-year deal worth $82.5 million. L.A. keeps getting better and better. And they've got a quarterback, Justin Herbert, on a cheap rookie contract. And they're taking advantage of it. They have a window of time where they are massively underpaying a superstar quarterback. And they have a good shot at a Super Bowl in that time. I'm I'm all for it. Let's see what the Chargers can do. Khalil Mack, Justin Herbert, J.C. Jackson, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, a good offensive line. It goes on and on and on. There's a lot of talent there. This football team is loaded, and I am very excited to see what the Chargers can do. Can they win a Super Bowl and take advantage of a, like I said, a superstar quarterback on a really cheap, underpaid rookie contract? All right, the Cincinnati Bengals made a really big move and upgraded their offensive line. They signed guard Alex Kappa to a four-year deal worth $40 million. I love it. Another big move that I love. He was one of Tom Brady's offensive linemen in Tampa. He's only 27 years old. And Cincinnati, as everyone knows, desperately needs offensive linemen. Their quarterback, Joe Burrow, got sacked more than any other quarterback in the NFL last year, and still somehow found a way to get to a Super Bowl. I love that Cincinnati is spending money to protect their young quarterback, Joe Burrow. You love to see it. And uh, Cincinnati, hey, I think things are changing in Cincinnati, like legitimately. They really are. I mean, clearly, they got to a Super Bowl. They have made changes already, but not only are they making good moves that I respect, and I like they're spending money on things that I value, that I, I appreciate. Well, I am so relieved and happy to see Cincinnati starting to look like a competent organization for the first time in my lifetime. It's amazing. I'm like, oh, wow. If only the, if only the Dallas Cowboys could figure it out. <laughs> right? Like you have the Mike Brown, uh, no offense, getting older uh, in Cincinnati, giving up control and giving control to people who are a little, I think, better running the football team. Jerry Jones is next when Jerry Jones gets too old to run the show anymore. And he can relinquish control to other people who can do good stuff for the team. That is the next time I think the Dallas Cowboys will be good. It already happened in Cincinnati. Hey, Dallas is on the clock. When is that kind of shift going to happen for the Dallas Cowboys? All right. um, The Miami Dolphins made a number of Quality moves that all work to support their young quarterback, Tua Tungavaloa. Number one, they signed offensive lineman Connor Williams. Not Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback. This is Connor Williams, the former offensive lineman of the Dallas Cowboys. He's only 25 years old. He will be 25 in May. He's about, what is that, two months younger than me? Yeah, two months younger than me. Crazy. Um, he started a lot of games for the Dallas Cowboys in the past few years. 57 games in four years he has started. He's not amazing, but he's a very solid offensive guard. And for the Dolphins' awful offensive line, he is a big upgrade because they're so bad that you know, adding a starting caliber offensive lineman who's solid at the guard position is a big deal. He signed a two-year, $14 million contract, and uh, I really, really like this move. Helping your young quarterback. They also took a Cowboys receiver. 
They signed receiver Cedric Wilson. He's 26 years old. He signed a three-year, $22.8 million contract. He's coming off the best year of his career. 45 catches, 602 yards, six touchdown catches. Miami only really had one productive receiver last year. That is Jalen Waddell. So for Miami, this is another good addition to their football team. They also added running back Chase Edmonds from Arizona. Another position they needed, another quality starter. Two-year, $12.6 million deal, $6.1 million fully guaranteed. Great for Miami. Look, added a receiver, an offensive lineman, a running back. They also added a backup quarterback on top of all that. They added veteran quarterback Teddy Bridgewater as their backup quarterback on a one-year contract. That is a fantastic move. Not only is Teddy Bridgewater a decent, solid backup quarterback, he also can help mentor Tua Tungvaloa. And uh, these were not massive, earth-shattering moves from Miami. It's not like... You know, the Chargers signing J.C. Jackson is an earth-shattering, seismic, massive move in the NFL. It's not like the Russell Wilson trade or Aaron Rodgers contract, anything like that. These are smaller moves that are really good, that are quality, that are solid upgrades to help Miami's young quarterback situate. You know, their young quarterback, Tua Tungvaloa, needs help. It needs people around him that can help him win. These are smaller, less notable moves that are helping the young quarterback in Miami to a tongue of Aloha, and I love, love, love what Miami's doing. The Jaguars. Oh, boy. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars have been doing a lot. Uh, some of the stuff I can explain. Some of it I cannot. Let's break it down. Number one, the Jaguars signed Pro Bowl guard Brandon Scherf from Washington. He's 30 years old. It's a solid move. It helps rebuild the offensive line, and it really helps – to support your young quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Move number one, love it. Number two, they signed tight end Evan Engram from the New York Giants on a one-year deal, $9 million, fully guaranteed. He will be 28 in September. The Jaguars very much need a tight end, so it's an all-right move. Um, Evan Engram had his least productive year of his career last year. 46 catches, 408 yards, three touchdowns. I don't know. He had a lot of drops. He didn't have a huge impact last year. However, he has talent. The Jaguars are desperate at tight end, and I am curious how he's going. I mean, it's very possible that Trevor Lawrence is a much better quarterback than Daniel Jones. I I'm, have an open mind here. I want to see how things go, and it could be this could be a guy who either does really well and signs a long-term contract to stay in Jacksonville, or it's, he's going to be a big bust and it doesn't work out at all. In Jacksonville, he's on a one-year prove-it deal. Let's see how things go. The Jaguars also signed two receivers. They signed number one, uh, Zay Jones, to a. They gave him a three-year, twenty-four million dollar contract. Zay Jones will be twenty-seven this fall. He's been in the NFL for five years. His last year, he played for the Las Vegas Raiders. He had forty-seven catches, five hundred and forty-six yards, one touchdown catch. Uh, it was a big one. It was a game-winning touchdown. On Monday Night Football to beat the Ravens in overtime. It was a huge play, actually. Um, it, it, Zay Jones is fine. We'll see what he can do. He hasn't really gotten a real shot to be a starting receiver yet. Um, it feels like a little bit of an overpay, a little bit of a stretch, but we'll see. Now, here's the big one, though. The really crazy contract. They paid wide receiver Christian Kirk $84 million on a four-year deal. Christian Kirk is 25 years old. He's been in the NFL for four years. Last year in Arizona, he had his best year 
of his career as a pro. He had 77 catches for 982 yards, five touchdown catches. Uh, it's worth noting, though, Christian Kirk, making a ton of money, has never had a 1,000-yard receiving season ever in his career. And it feels like the Jaguars overpaid for Christian Kirk, undoubtedly. Here's the thing, though. The Jaguars have to overpay people. That is going to have to be their strategy. Jacksonville is a bad organization. Nobody trusts them. They're not a very desirable place to play. Like not really not when you're a bad football team. It's been run poorly for a long time. In order to attract players, you have to overpay them. And if you're going to get them to come, you got to give them an incentive, a reason to want to come. A lot of money is a pretty good one. And look, they are aggressively supporting their young quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. I would rather them aggressively try to get Trevor help and overpay guys than twiddle their thumbs, sit at home, and do nothing at all. So I don't mind the attitude. They're doing what they can. They are trying to support their young quarterback. Is it perfect? No. But again, the story that would be way worse is if the Jaguars were doing nothing, not adding anybody to help their young quarterback. So um, I am fine with them overpaying receivers to go get Trevor help. And if Trevor does well, then eventually people will want to come play with him. And they might even take a pay cut to do that, but you got to earn that right. And the only way to earn that is to win and do well. And if overpaying Christian Kirk helps Trevor Lawrence do well, I mean, it's pretty clear the Jaguars don't care about winning right now. They care about Trevor Lawrence doing well. Probably the right thing to focus on. The Jaguars aren't going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. You might as well just try to win and and do well and, um, you know, one step at a time. You don't need to build a Super Bowl team right now. You need to build a team that can do well around Trevor Lawrence, and that's what they're focused on, and I I like it. Here's one move I do not get, though, and I don't really support. um, Because when I say, like, you got to support your young quarterback, great. Does it mean you need to ignore your defense? And they cut linebacker Miles Jack, their leading tackler last year. And it's not like he's old. He's 26 years old, 27 in September. They cut him to save $8.35 million. That does not feel worth it to me. Your best defensive player, you're going to get cut him for $8 million? I mean, uh, to me, it makes almost no sense. Um, You're letting a good player in his prime walk away from your organization. And you didn't even trade him. You're just going to let him leave. Makes no sense to me. I don't don't like it. I don't don't understand it. But uh, Miles Jack is available. He's a great player. I guess we'll see where he goes. I would love to see Miles Jack go to a really good football team and win somewhere. I mean, I, there, there's a lot of teams out there that could use a linebacker. He's really dang good, but uh, it's a move that, from the Jaguars' perspective, how does that sound? You cut a player who was not that expensive, who is your best defensive player in his prime. Okay. Yeah, that, I don't know how Jaguars fans feel good about that one especially when you're overpaying Christian Kirk a ton of money. Okay, all right, pay the guy who's done nothing in his career, but don't keep the guy who's been killing it for years for you, who's young, 26. I don't know. The Jaguars, I can defend and I can explain away why they signed Christian Kirk. I can explain away why they brought in Zay Jones, a little bit overpaid. I can't explain the Miles Jack move at all. I, I mean, other than I guess I wanted to save money. I would never want to save money so badly that I'll, I'll cut Miles Jack for $8 million. That feels like a nonsensical thing to do. So I don't know. You, you can decide for yourself. To me, it makes no sense. 
The Jets made a couple of solid moves. They re-signed receiver Braxton Berrios to a two-year, $12 million deal. He's a return man, too. It's a good move. I like that. They also signed tight end CJ Uzama from Cincinnati to a three-year, $24 million deal. He's 29 years old. CJ Uzama last year caught 49 passes for 493 yards and five touchdowns. Hey, they got a tight end. They retained a receiver. They also signed guard Lake and Tomlinson to help their offensive line. He came over from the 49ers. He got a three-year, $41.2 million deal. Uh, I like it. The Jets have been getting some solid help for their young quarterback, Zach Wilson. They also resigned a couple people. Like The Jets are, are doing some solid stuff. Not amazing stuff, but solid stuff that I, I like, and it's good to see what's going on. Okay, I'm going to check my phone. It's I have one, two, three, four, five. So many notifications. I don't understand. I don't. I, the birthday thing is so hard. I don't. My phone is insane, and I can't. I'm overwhelmed. Um, I got to open my phone because I need to read something that Baker Mayfield posted. Uh, on Tuesday, the Cleveland Browns met with quarterback Deshaun Watson, and their current quarterback Baker Mayfield put this on social media. Let me read it. He said, "Cleveland, these past four years have been nothing short of truly life changing." since I heard my name called in the draft to go to Cleveland. This is not a message with hidden meaning. I believe that, actually. Uh, This is strictly to thank the city of Cleveland for embracing me and my family. He says my family and me, but he meant me and my family, because that's the way you, I don't know. Um, Or maybe my family and I. (laughs) Baker Mayfield, English major. Um, We have made many memories and shared growing in this process through all the ups and downs. I have no clue what happens next, which is the meaning behind this silence I've had during the duration of this process. I can only control what I can, which is trusting in God's plan throughout this process. I've given this franchise everything I love. That is something I've always done at every stage, at every level, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, NFL, college, high school football, everything. Uh, he's, that's my commentary, not his. And that will not change wherever I take my next snap. Whatever happens, I just want to say thank you to the fans who are truly, who truly embraced who I am and the mentality that aligns so well with this city's hardworking people. Cleveland will always be a part of Emily and my story. And we will always be thankful for the impact it has had and will have in our lives. Sincerely, Baker Reagan Mayfield. I don't know. I don't love leading the leaving the middle name in there. I don't. Sorry, I'm being heavily critical. I, I wouldn't sign Zachary Allen Schaumler in the middle of my like if I made a post. I guess I don't know. It's very interesting though because uh, Baker was the quarterback who ended the playoff drought in Cleveland, but then he played terrible last year in 2021, and he kind of played himself out of a job. Uh, I I, I want to put this out there because I'm very curious if Baker Mayfield. Uh, will be the starting quarterback in Cleveland next year, regardless of whether they trade for Deshaun Watson or not. And I'm curious if Cleveland will trade for Deshaun Watson. Baker understandably feels weird and unwanted, but he played bad, so he kind of brought it on himself. You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird scenario because you feel bad for the guy, but also you got to do your job. If, If you're doing your job poorly... And then you're not doing well and maybe getting replaced, like, results matter. You got to do your job well, and Baker didn't, and he might get replaced. Okay, uh, 
I have a couple final notes. Let's recap a couple other moves that have happened around the NFL. Uh, the Carolina Panthers signed safety Xavier Woods from the Minnesota Vikings. He's 26 years old. His new contract in Carolina is a three-year deal worth $15.75 million. Uh, former Texan safety Justin Reed is signing a three-year $31.5 million contract in Kansas City. $20 million guaranteed. He's a stud. Justin Reed is only 25 years old. Good for Kansas City. Corner Chavarius Ward is leaving Kansas City. Uh, he's signing a three-year $42 million deal with the 49ers. He's a young corner. He's 25 years old. G- uh, great for him. He's making $26.7 million, fully guaranteed. Uh, Chavarius Ward, awesome for him. Congratulations on the payday. Uh, another piece of interesting news is that Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins signed a one-year $35 million contract extension. That's $35 million, fully guaranteed. Uh, a lot of people are upset that Kirk Cousins has made a ton of money during his NFL career, despite being a fairly middle-of-the-road quarterback. I believe his record is 59-59-2 as a starting quarterback. Um, I don't know, man. He's been a starting quarterback for a long time. And the reality of being a quarterback in the NFL is you get paid really well. Uh, backup quarterback, what's his name? Chase Daniel. Has paid, like, he's played basically no snaps in the NFL. He's made over $40 million just being a backup in the NFL. Like, if you play quarterback in the NFL, you make good money. If you do it for a long time, and Kirk's done it for a while. Plus, Washington, for a while, refused to commit to him, so he played on the franchise tag, making even more money than it was probably worth. So, look, I don't know. Kirk's new contract, it helped Minnesota move money around. Uh, he saved the Vikings $14 million in cap space by signing this contract. Remember, he's also made a lot of money fully guaranteed. He revolutionized. He said, instead of taking... Uh, remember, he signed like a three-year, 80-something million dollar contract. Instead of asking for a ton of years and a big number up front, he said, I'll take a little less money fully guaranteed. And he kind of revolutionized that fully guaranteed contract. So, um, look, Kirk Cousins will be in Minnesota through at least 2023. That's next year and the year after. Vikings new head coach Kevin O'Connell will have Kirk for at least two years. That's kind of good for him, for a young quarter. For a young head coach to have a solidified quarterback, that's got to feel good. Uh, I think it's possible that Kirk does really well under Kevin O'Connell. Remember, he's had a defensive coach for years who I think really, I think Mike Zimmer's philosophy really hurt the offense in Minnesota. I don't think the offense has reached its potential in Minnesota, and I think that Kevin O'Connell could bring the best out of Kirk Cousins, frankly. Um, you know, $35 million for one year is a lot of money for Kirk, but he's a slightly above average quarterback. I mean, that isn't cheap. It's better than Kirk is better than most people in the league, backup starters, whatever. Um, he's better than nothing for sure. Good luck winning without Kirk cousins. You may not win with him, but you will not win without him. I have no outrage here. I don't, I mean, a, a guy who's knows his worth. Isn't that bad to me? I, Kirk Cousins knows that he's a franchise quarterback. He's not a top five quarterback, but he's probably top 15, which is better than almost everybody on the planet who does his job. And so um, it's hard to hate on Kirk getting paid handsomely for the work he does when he's pretty good. He's better than you and me. He's better than almost anyone else in the NFL. So, uh, and look at the context of the planet. How many people could do the job Kirk Cousins does as well as he does? Not very many people. So I have no outrage about him getting paid. Uh, two big names were cut. The Packers cut linebacker Zadarius Smith. 
They cleared over $15 million of cap room, although it still is a $12 million dead cap hit. Uh, Zadarius Smith is coming off a major injury. He barely played last year. He will be 30 this fall. He's not useless, though. So I, he was an all-pro in 2020. Someone's going to sign Zadarius Smith and get a very quality, good defensive end or you know, linebacker, edge player. And uh, I'm interested to see where Zadarius Smith will go in the NFL. The Browns cut stud receiver Jarvis Landry. He'll be 30 in November. He was unhappy. He was expensive. I have a lot of intrigue. Where is he going to go? I would imagine he will likely sign with a contender. Buffalo, Tampa, Chargers, Kansas City, something like that. Uh, Cleveland saved nearly $15 million by cutting him. So it was good for their salary cap. It actually didn't cost them very much in dead cap. It was like $1.5 million in dead cap. A great move all around for Cleveland, honestly. Um, and I think Jarvis Landry still has good years left. He had over 1,000 yards receiving in 2019. I want to see where he will go. I think he's going to sign a contract uh, with a good football team and try to go win a Super Bowl, and uh, I'm rooting for him. So there were a couple of interesting free agents that were recently added to the free agent pool. Jarvis Landry got cut. Miles Jack got cut. Zadarius Smith got cut. I'm really interested to see where those guys go. Um, the Broncos signed defensive and Randy Gregory yesterday. Randy Ger- Gregory actually told the Dallas Cowboys he would sign with them or, you know, re-sign with them. Um, but then Dallas dropped the ball big time. Dallas um, included wording last minute in the contract that Randy Gregory did not like, did not feel comfortable with. And so instead of signing a five-year, $70 million deal with the Dallas Cowboys, he signed a five-year, $70 million deal with Denver instead and said, bye-bye. Sorry, Dallas, you missed out. And uh, he bailed on another offer. That one's on Dallas. You can't, you can't play games late in the game. If you want a player, you got to get him. There's another person making an offer. You miss out. And uh, I think it's a better, like, he'll make a little less money in Denver because of taxes. But I don't know, man. I, I, you know, what's a better life? Winning a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson in Denver? Or, you know, being a solid football team? I mean, he'll take a little more, a couple more million dollars to play in, in Dallas, but I think he's actually going to have a better life, win more, uh, and, and have a good time in Denver. So I, I like this move. Uh, Denver also signed defensive tackle DJ Jones to a three-year, $30 million deal. Denver, man, they're getting better and better. That AFC West is unbelievable. Can't wait to see what happens there. Uh, the Ravens signed safety Marcus Williams to a five-year deal worth $70 million. That's 37 $37 million fully guaranteed. It's actually a solid price for a safety. Cheaper than a lot of other safeties. He's 25 years old. For example, Jamal Adams, the Seattle Seahawks safety, cost more money, and they had to give up two first-round picks to get him. Marcus Williams is cheaper than Jamal Adams. He's better than Jamal Adams. He can cover better. He's a good mid... He, is, he plays kind of that safety position where he can get all over the field and make plays everywhere. And I really, I think the the, the Ravens, I can't even talk. I think the Ravens actually got a pretty good safety here for a reasonable price, all things considered. Um, Finally, let's end the show here. Rams left tackle Andrew Whitworth has officially retired. Uh, He played in the NFL for 16 years. He was 40 years old when they won the Super Bowl this past uh, February I don't think people understand or appreciate how incredible it is to play left tackle at a high level at 40 years old. <laughs> like, that's unbelievable what he did. I've got a lot of respect for Andrew Whitworth. The NFL is going to miss him. 
uh, gave a lot of years of service to the city of Cincinnati, then the L.A. Rams. He ended up winning uh, in the last year of his career, finishing on top. Good for him. It's a great story. And uh, Andrew Whitworth, I salute you. Well done. Great career. And uh, the NFL will miss you. Guys, that is all I have. I love you. I appreciate you. I hope you have a great day. Uh, look, the league year started today. Let me check my phone. I bet something. I bet some big news actually has broken in the last couple minutes. Let me let me double check. It'd be kind of fun to react to something live. Uh, let's go to the Twitter. Let's see what Adam Schefter is reporting. Um, Chandler Jones reached an agreement with the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's see what that means eventually. Um, oh. Gosh, I almost forgot this. Uh, the new Monday Night Football crew has been announced. It's going to be Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. And I, uh, I love this. It's been, let's be honest, by ESPN. It has been a long time since they had a really, truly top-tier premier broadcasting team doing Monday Night Football. Ever since John Gruden left... And I know John Gruden's name has a stain to it and the way he resigned from the NFL and blah, blah, blah. Uh, But let's be clear. John Gruden is the last time ESPN had a truly great broadcaster doing Monday Night Football games. And when he left, it fell apart. And you might not like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I actually happen to love them. I think, honestly, no matter who does that job, you're going to get criticized. You're going to get hate. Twitter hates everyone. Um, me as a person who I, by the way, have done games, I've done live broadcasting of football games. Um, I know what that job takes. I know what it's like. I did not like the recent ESPN Monday night football broadcasters. I thought they were bad, uh, and did not do a good job. Listen to a guy. I'm a guy who's done the job. I very much admire and respect Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. They do a very good job. This is an easy, obvious upgrade. And look, people are going to hate on him. People hate on Chris Collinsworth. I think Chris Collinsworth does a good job. People hate on Al Michaels. People hate on everybody. No matter who you are, you're going to get hate. Um, And just because a lot of people are probably going to say, oh, what a crappy Joe Buck. Are you kidding me? No, no. This This is massive for ESPN. And finally, ESPN has solidified a good broadcasting team to do Monday Night Football probably for years to come. And, uh, it, it, this actually makes me way more excited to watch Monday Night Football again because I at least have two broadcasters who are going to do a good job and not be horrible to listen to. So um, I got to say hallelujah. Thank God. It's amazing. I'm very excited to now watch Monday Night Football again. And uh, I don't know. I think, I think Joe Buck and Troy Aikman get a lot of hate unnecessarily. They do a very good job. And you can disagree with me on that if you want, but I – I think that Monday Night Football is a much better product today than it was two days ago before this move happened. And I am um, – I mean, I guess Troy Aikman was already there, but they were waiting on Joe Buck. I'm just excited. I think it's going to be amazing. I'm very much looking forward to Monday Night Football. And uh, finally, Monday Night Football is back with two really good broadcasters that are going to be enjoyable to listen to. So uh, hallelujah. Guys, my name is Zach Schaumler. Uh Thank you for the birthday wishes. I really appreciate it. I know I'm kind of a Grinch. <laughs> um, but I uh, – 25 years, man. Feels so old. I love you. I appreciate you. Have a great day. But um bum bam We are done.